We are starting in five, four, three, two, one. Broadcast starting. Good job. You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. You run around this city like it's your damn shooting gallery. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You act like it's a playground. You beat up the bullies with your fists. Throw him in jail, everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, you're back on the streets doing the yeah. same goddamn same thing. thing. So you just put him in the morgue. You goddamn This is called Pilot Radio. And as the buck drops, the words that DC fans have been waiting to hear since 1974, the Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. <laughs> $10 for a BJ, $12 for an HJ, $15 for a ZJ. What's a ZJ? <laughs> yeah, jazz big man. You can't afford it. This is called Pilot Radio. Lady, I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to leave the store. Who the hell are you? Name's Ash. Housewares. Poorly Clover, make a wish. Wish you weren't so fucking awkward, bub. This is called Pilot Radio. Before we get started. Like, oh, these are stupid guns. Guns uh, are for jerks. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, action news. And now, your host, Mike Lutford. <laughs> I'm totally going to use that, too. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Mike Lunsford, and this is GGR Pirate Radio. Guys, we have a wonderful show in store for you this evening. We are going to be talking all things Disney, from Disney World to the new Star Wars land that's going to be opening uh, called Galaxy's Edge. We're going to be talking about the new Star Wars movie. We're going to be talking about Marvel stuff. Just the whole gamut of things Disney on tonight's episode. And joining me for GGR Pirate Radio is my wonderful and fabulous co-host. His name is Steve Monick. I just want to be the first on the podcast to say all hail our mouse overlord. <laughs> the other and it's equally as important co-host of GGR Pirate Radio is the one and only Mr. MC Brooks definitely not the other other co-host not the other other co-host no no just the other co-host because I don't think we don't have a fourth co-host it's just the three of us it's other people that show up but they're not, they don't actually get like hosting titles because you know they're not cool like us or dorks like us, or whatever, you know. This is definitely a good way to get other people to sh- show up on our show. <laughs> you don't get to be a co-host. Yeah. <laughs> you can sit in the back with your friends, you scumbag. <laughs> it's not for you. Anyway, what do you think about the new Star Wars movie? <laughs> so, <laughs> one of the things that, like, is... And, and let me state this right up front, too, because I feel like a lot of people... um maybe I don't know how it's perceived ultimately if I'm being factual I don't really care how it's perceived but at the same time I understand that some people probably see that um, myself and my family we and you hear it on the podcast because we talk about it I don't know all the time we go to Disney World a lot and I'm sure some people think like oh well Mike must be loaded and Mike must be you know geez look, look at this guy Ooh, fancy pants going to Disney World twice a year let me just explain this right now 
when other people are at work and they're ordering Chinese food and they're ordering pizza and they're going out for drinks with their friends and those sorts of things after work, I have ramen or a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or leftovers from the night before. I don't spend money on pretty much anything at all. And that's how we're able to afford this sort of things. We scrimp there so that we can have awesome vacations. That's where it is. And I'm not saying that like anybody who does uh, the opposite is bad or wrong. No, I mean, live your life, man. Do what you got to do. But just realize that it's a choice. It's not a, I'm not making it rain here. I'm not throwing money at all my problems. It's it's a choice that we make. And we all, everybody in our family does. We, we all would rather skip out on buying the new video game system or, you know, the cool new shoes or the cool new clothes um, so that we can go to Disney World as a family every single year. And it's and it's just it's a cool thing. I, a, a while back, I realized that it was more important to have memories with my family than it was to have stuff. Exactly. And and that's why we do this every year. And that's I mean, honestly, that's why we do the podcast, too. You know, I, I, like I would rather have these things that I can share with my friends and share with my family than a, a collection of things gathering dust in my house. So that's pretty much it in a nutshell. But this year was, I mean, it was cool. It was, it was another fun, another fun trip. Um, nothing really out of the ordinary popped up except for, and I sent a picture to both of you guys of it. Uh, they had the cool Star Wars Battle Pod video game in uh, the arcade of the hotel we were staying at. And I wasted way more money than on that <laughs> than I should have. I thought you were talking uh, about another it, nerd related yeah. picture for a second. Yeah. With, oh, a, yeah, with, that, a new, right? with a yeah. new friend you met? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, my new my new best friend, yeah. So, there I am in Toy Story Land, minding my own damn business. I see this skinny fellow with a beard, and I'm like, huh, he kind of looks like Will Wheaton. But <laughs> that couldn't be Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton lives in California. Why would he be in Florida when he has his own Disneyland as opposed to the Florida Disney World? So I check his Instagram just to see maybe he's in Orlando. Maybe. Maybe this is Will Wheaton. I check his Instagram, and lo and behold, he is actually in Disney World. So me being the nerd who has no filter, I just walk up to him like an asshole. Like, I don't even, like, think, <laughs> hey, maybe this guy's trying to, like, enjoy his life, enjoy his time, enjoy, you know, being with his family, you know, like, away from the prying eyes of the press or, like, you know, salivating fans. No, I'm that guy. And I'm just like, hey, are you Will Wheaton? Um I didn't say it like that exactly, but like I, I walked to him, I, I walked up to him and I said, Hey, I'm sorry to bother you. Um, but are you Will Wheaton? And he, he smiles. He goes, yes, I am. I was like, I just wanted to say, I am a huge fan of your work. I really love what you're doing. And I stuck my hand out and he shook my hand and he smiled. He's like, I thank you very much. That means a lot. I was like, is there any way that I can get a picture? And he was like, yeah, of course. And I was like, oh, shit, this guy's really cool. So, like, I took a picture and, of course, like, I can't even help but, like, have, like, the biggest, cheesiest smile on my face, right? And, like, and he genuinely, like, had a big smile on his face, too. So, like, it made me feel like I didn't bother him, you know? Like, if, like, I was making this big, cheesy grin and he was, like, rolling his eyes or some shit, then I would have been like, well, I feel like a dick and I won't post this. But, like, no, he was he was really friggin' nice. And, like... I, I was, like, gushing about it all day and, like, texted, like, pretty much everybody I knew and told them about it. So it was it was just really, like, I've, I've met celebrities before. You know, like, last year I went and met Cal Ripken Jr. And, like, that was different because I it was like, hey, here's this event where this dude is going to be. Show up with your stuff. I, I've never, like, just been, like, out and about doing my thing and then just ran into a celebrity like that. And it was, that was kind of cool. Like, 
I mean, have have any of you guys ever been like out and about doing something and you were just like, oh shit, there's somebody famous? Yes. Yes. It was a very long time ago. Um, I think third grade, we went on a field trip to the Baltimore Aquarium and Jay Leno was there. What? I don't know. He was just he was just there out front <laughs> taking pictures. I was like a third grader. I didn't even know who he was. And my dad was there because he was a volunteer for the chaperone. He's like, that's Jay Leno. And we didn't even go talk to him or anything. He's like, yeah, there he is. And then we just left because neither of us really cared. <laughs> There's Jay Leno. Fuck that. Like, like my dad <laughs> talked about it the same way when we were like going around the aquarium. He's like, huh, there's a turtle. All right. Well, anyway, let's just move on to the next thing. <laughs> oh, there's a Jay Leno. Oh, look at that. <laughs> I've heard that Jay Leno can eat twice its weight in fish and krill. <laughs> Wow, that's amazing. The Baleen J. Leno. The Baleen J. Leno. <laughs> <laughs> MC, MC, what about you, man? Have you run across anybody like just out in the wild? Uh, uh, a couple times. I mean, when I worked in Chinatown, I used to run into Wizards players all the time. Like, they love Nando's. And so, oh, yeah. I mean, any, any, I could be walking to work, I could be leaving work, going home. Guaranteed, I'm I'm watching uh, Bradley Beal, Paul Pierce, the year he was there, whomever, just walking out of Nando's with a huge bag of stuff. Um, <laughs> I ran into Bernie Sanders outside of a Ben and Jerry's on Capitol Hill. What? Yeah. <laughs> Bernie Sanders, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, it, <laughs> ah, getting ice cream and fighting for the people, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, it, lo- it looked like he and his like staff were like debating between two food places i i didn't like i didn't go over and bother him or anything like that kind of looked over and was like oh shit there's there's, he's much shorter in person and i'm short (laughs) (laughs) there's crazy old uncle bernie saying yeah every like because because he's jewish like everybody that i know who's also jewish all we all refer to him as uncle bernie so like just because he reminds us of like a crazy jewish uncle that we all have like he just (laughs) Plus, he looks like Larry David, the co-founder or co-creator of uh, Seinfeld. So, but like there's sweatier, that there. like a sweatier yeah, Larry sweatier. David. <laughs> exactly. I uh, also <laughs> sweatier Larry David. Uh, <laughs> can't even talk. I know. Right? I'm in a weird mood tonight, guys. I don't know what's going on. My wife wants to put something in my drink or something. I don't know. Uh. <laughs> I also saw uh, Bill Murray at Union Station, like, God, it had to be 15 years ago-ish. Just just randomly, just Bill Murray just hanging out at Union Station. Well, here's the thing. You could tell he was in. He was having his, like, I don't want to be bothered. He had a trench coat on, like, a hat and sunglasses. And he was kind of just hovering around, kind of in, the, in a corner by the trains, like, kind of out of the way. It was funny because me and my friend Nigel were just walking around, just kind of looked over and were like, "Hey, does that guy look like Bill Murray to you?" So he might be. Uh, I don't know. Want to ask? And I think he spotted us and then just like disappeared behind one of the doors. <laughs> it's just—it's kind of funny though. Like he was wearing a trench coat and a hat and glasses, and you still noted his, noticed it was Bill yeah. Murray because. <laughs> Everybody's instinct is it, when you see somebody in a hat and a trench coat and glasses, you're like, this guy's trying to hide. Right. So, like, Bill Murray literally would have been better off wearing, like, a, a, 
a shirt. You know that pic, like the shirt that every hipster wears now, where it's like a black shirt with like a white outline of Bill Murray's face. Yeah. He literally could have worn that shirt and been less, in, or been more conspicuous, more inconspicuous right. than he was wearing the trench coat and the hat. Because like somebody would have been like, "Holy shit, you're Bill Murray, and you're wearing a Bill Murray shirt." And he's like, "Nah, I get that a lot. I just look like him. That's why I'm wearing the shirt." And somebody would be like, "Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> have a good day." You know, like. <laughs> It's like it's like when Raphael from the Ninja Turtles when he was wearing the trench coat and he was trying to run through New York City. Like it's like it's still a big right. turtle in a trench coat. Like you're, how did nobody notice that? You're not fooling anybody, Raph. <laughs> it was it, it it was just very very cool to meet somebody like Will Wheaton too because like he has um like his his whole thing on social media is about like He's very open about, like, the issues that he has because, like, I mean, yeah, he was an actor, but, like, he has a lot of issues with, like, social anxiety and, like, mental health. And, like, huh. he talks about it openly and is very, like, just a very open dude and very, like, passionate about, like, trying to defend the little guy. And, like, that, that I mean, that was the main reason why I, I told him, I was like, I'm a huge fan of well, that and, you know, Star Trek. But, like, it, it's just cool seeing somebody like him using his celebrity for... For good stuff instead of being like hi i'm will wheaton you know try my new rice cakes you know wheaton cakes like it's in, instead of using a celebrity for that sort of stuff he's using it for trying to improve the world so that I, I i always applaud people who do that well said i mean a lot of times it's like oh you're on some kind of reality show because you're desperately trying to cling to your own stardom and he's like eh, i've done my thing i still do so a lot of stuff but it's not about me you know and, and that's hard to find i think yeah, agreed. Def- definitely agreed. Um, so let, let's let's stop beating around the bush here, guys, and let, let's get to the one thing about Disney World that we're all thinking about. Like, Mike, what can you tell us about Star Wars Land? Well, it's a great question that you're asking me. Um, I can tell you that it, that it's going to be opening very very soon. In fact, if you're in California, uh, it opens tomorrow. Oh wow! It's and it's not just Star Wars Land. It's called Galaxy's Edge. So, Galaxy's Edge is set on the planet uh, uh, Batu, and the name of the city that you're in is Black Spire Outpost. So, it is, it's set timeline between Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. So, right between the last two, mo- or the previous movie and then the upcoming movie. And it's, yeah, August 29th uh, in Florida is when it opens, and then um, I guess they moved it up. Because uh, it said Flor- originally it says May thirty first in Disneyland, but it looks like I mean they're they're the um, people that work for Disney World are actually or Disneyland in California are actually there right now, like they're in the land doing stuff. Wow. Uh, it it's just it's like it's incredibly immersive. Like every single person you walk across is going to be like in character. So if you go like into a shop to like buy a bottle of water, the person's gonna be in character. It's not gonna be like just you know you know Flo who's originally from Destin Florida who just happens to be working here after she retired no it's going to be she's going to have like some Star Wars name and she's going to be from like Tatooine or like Endor or something like that like it's everything is going to be in character and like everything you do is going to be like interactive so like for instance there's an app that you can have on your phone and you can choose whether or not you want to help the resistance or you want to help the first order. And basically you can like hack security cameras. Um, so you like can turn off security cameras. So like the, uh, re- uh, the resistance can like do their resistance thing, or you can like report resistance spies and shit. Like it's just, it's really, really cool. And 
the thing that I'm losing my mind over is there's this thing called um, Doc Ondar's Den of Antiquities. And what you can do is you can go into Doc Ondar's and you can go back into like this special room where there's like a table and you get to build your own lightsaber. And it's not just like the like the cheapo plastic ones that you can assemble. No, it's like high end, like actually like machined metal. Like th- they say that they're heavy when you feel them. Like they're heavier than any lightsaber you've ever felt because it's actual metal. It's not like cheap like shit. And you get to choose your own kyber crystal. You get to choose um, like all of the pieces. You get to choose what style you want. Like the, it's the whole thing is just like incredibly immersive. Um, there's going to be uh, custom droids that you can build for yourself and you like put them in a little backpack and then like as you walk around the land the droids like talk to the other people who have the droids too so like if steve has one and mc you guys both have these little droids in your backpack they'll literally like chitter and chatter to each other as you're standing there talking wow. to each other and like it's it, they're like furbies only like you know cool and not you know freaky um but yeah, it's, it's just going to be like the whole thing, like everything, like the food. It's, it's going to be like, quote unquote, chicken wraps, but they're calling them. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly what they're calling them. Um, is it like, like Rocky yeah, Mountain Tauntaun? Rocky Mountain Tauntaun. <laughs> now you're not eating bull testicles, Steve. <laughs> it's, I know they're Tauntaun testicles. <laughs> they, duh. Uh, you're going to have your choice between either blue or green milk uh, that you can drink. But what's nice about that, though, is instead of it being actual milk, because, you know, it's Florida and it's hot, um, it's going to be like a slush. So that that's going to be kind of a cool thing. But, yeah, just, just the whole thing just sounds, like, incredible. The rides sound incredible. Like, you actually get to fly the Millennium Falcon. So, like, let's say it's me, it's you, Steve, it's MC, uh, it's the three of us, right? And we're getting on this ride. One of us is the pilot. One of us is the gunner. One of us is the engineer. So as we're flying the ship, we all have our own roles, right? And like, let's say, for instance, Steve, you're just doing a badass job as a pilot. And you're just flying us through and you're zipping through. And I'm taking shots at uh, TIE fighters and I miss like four of them. And they blow off like our deflector shield uh, hub. When we get off the ride... They'll be like, oh, Master Monic, we heard that you did a great job, you know, flying the ship. But you, Lunsford, God, you suck. Like, people will talk trash to you based on how well you did or how poorly you did on the ride. And that's all based on, like, you have, like, a, your wristband, right? Yeah, you have this thing called a, ma- a magic band, which is, like, an R- it has, like, an RFID thing on it. Yeah, so people literally know, like, how bad you sucked based <laughs> on, on this sort of thing. Like, it's just, it's, it's going to be so friggin' cool. And... I, I can't wait. Like I, the 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 remnant ten year old Mike Lunsford that's still left inside me is like losing his mind because we're going again in November and it'll be an opening by the time we go down there in November and he's just like losing his mind because the first time I ever went to Disney World that was the first thing I, I remember thinking that too I got off the uh, the Star Tours ride and I was like well that was really cool you know it'd be awesome if they had like a whole Star Tour or Star Wars land where you could like walk around on like an alien planet and like you know all sorts of other cool stuff and like I remember I think I said it to my uncle and my uncle was like well they're never going to do that and I was like <laughs> shows that you know loser he was obviously having a good day Shut up, your dreams yeah. are stupid. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Nothing you enjoy will ever happen. <laughs> now nah, I need to get a beer. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm so stoked for this. You can see in Florida, like when you ride certain rides, like when you're on the Slinky Dog Coaster, you can see 
the area and it just like you can see the Millennium Falcon you can see other spaceships you can see like buildings and mountains it just it looks incredible like I just I cannot wait to go there it is going to be the, just the coolest thing ever and there's another ride it's not going to be open because the ride that they're it's called the Rise of the Resistance right and it's the longest ride ever created by Disney and it's four rides in one so basically it starts off you go into like this abandoned military outpost that's like uh, taken over by the First Order, or it's taken over by the Resistance. It was a First Order uh, spot, but you're trying to hide from the First Order, and you get a mission from Rey, and you go with Poe and Nien Nub um, to your next spot, and when you go to the next spot, before you get there, you get captured by a Star Destroyer from the First Order, and then Kylo Ren takes you to your jail cell and interrogates you, and then you escape, and you have to get off the Star Destroyer. Like, that's all one ride. Like, it's... But it's like four rides in one. It's, it's going to be like the coolest thing ever. Like I, 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 you literally get to live the movie. Like it, but your own unique take on it. I remember in Universal the Spider-Man ride where it was like a motion simulator on a track, surrounded by a 3D movie, and that one sticks with me because it was like immersive. It felt like you were in that news van watching Spider-Man battle his rogues gallery. And that, like, because when I was down in Virginia a little while ago and Mike and Sandy were trying to, like, induct me into their Disney cult and showing me all, like, the YouTube propaganda <laughs> videos and stuff. But they, they gave me the the, um, the Galaxy's Edge one and it was kind of going through and, and doing that preview and breakdown of the different elements that were going to be there. And when we got to this one, I was thinking, like, like you said, Mike, like that little kid part of me that's still there is just, like, I mean, you get to go be in Star Wars, like the whole land, but that one's like the action scene part of it. Like you are now in Star Wars action scenes. Crazy. Just, I yeah, mean, you it's... never thought it would happen, right? No, I, I, I never imagined in my life we would get to see something like this, let alone experience it. And I, I don't know how we're going to have to do it, guys. But we're going to have to get to a point where GGR is a big enough deal where all of us can go down simultaneously and go experience this. Like, we, it's, it's got to happen. We just got to find a way to make it happen. We'll have to get yeah. some sort of press pass to something. Yuli can probably help. <laughs> yeah, Yuli knows people. He'll help us out. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's pretty much what I have for um, Star Wars Land. Uh, let's... We'll kind of go in, in time order, because that's the next big thing that's out. But... There's also, I don't know, like the biggest friggin' movie that's ever been out ever on the face of like movies in the history of all film and cinema, and that was uh, Avengers Endgame. Um, MC had some really interesting news about some some scenes that were filmed but not released. MC, why don't you go ahead and uh, talk about that a little bit? All right, sure. So uh, the the directors and the writers, you know, they've been on a press tour, you know, ever since the movie movie was released a few weeks ago. And so now that a lot of the buzz is, has died down, like they've begun to divulge a little bit more information about stuff that went on behind the scenes, uh, stuff that they shot that, that, that didn't get used in the, the movie, uh, potential plots that they were uh, or things that they considered doing uh, in the movie. Um, but ultimately, uh, they ended up cutting. Um, so one of the scenes, the, the big scene... Uh, I'm not even sure if it's if it's an alternate ending so much as it's an additional scene to the to the end of the movie, 
which, you know, anyone who's seen it, we know that, you know, Tony Stark gives his life uh, when he snaps at the at the end of Endgame. Uh, apparently, one of the additional scenes that they shot, if you remember at the end of Infinity War, after Thanos snapped, he ended up inside the Soul Stone, and you see him have that very brief con- conversation with young Gamora. Well, uh, one of the scenes they shot for Endgame, uh, the same thing happens to Tony Stark. The big difference is he... Uh, talks to a slightly older version of his daughter, Morgan Stark, who is introduced in the movie. And they have uh, a back and forth where, you know, Tony kind of talks about his, you know, his guilt in in not being there, you know, just to watch her grow up. And she kind of she kind of gives an expanded version of what Pepper Potts says when Tony closes his eyes, which is it's OK, you can rest. And so. Yeah, just a, that was a, one of the scenes that we that we that we learned about. What do you guys think about that? That it just sounds like emotionally impactful. Like it, it really sounds like something that would have. I mean, everybody was already crying in this movie already. Like, yeah, <laughs> you add that scene in, and it's just going to be like, I thought I was done crying. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it's. I mean, I'm all for it because, like, you know, hey, what the hell? Why not? You know, like, I mean, it, I'm all for anything that adds to. The, that adds to the overall product, and I feel like something like that would definitely add, and not take anything away from it. I think that was also that was what um, Catherine Langford was. Yeah, Catherine um, Langford. That, yeah. That's the scene that she because everyone was like, "Well, we just watched Thirteen Reasons Why, and now she's gonna be an Avengers. Who's she gonna be? Is she gonna be Kate Bishop, or is she gonna be Hawkeye's older daughter, or is she gonna be a grown up Cassie Lang? Who's she gonna be?" And then like she wasn't in it at all, and everyone was like, "What the crap?" Um, <laughs> and that that that's what it was. So. Um, yeah, that was probably the biggest like not answered piece in Endgame coming off of Infinity War because they kind of left that as part of the cliffhanger. Like he snaps, he sees young Gamora in the soul world and then basically credits. And you're like, "What what what was that all about?" And right. that's that part really wasn't addressed. So I guess yeah, we're just kind of left to go like, "Okay, so that's what he saw when he did the snap and it, it's not really a thing that matters. Okay. Right. You know, I mean, but to Mike's point, it's like, all right, I've already been sitting in there for three hours. It, it, three hours and eight minutes ain't going to make a difference if you need a scene <laughs> to explain all this stuff. Yeah. And, and apparently the, the reason they cut it out too is because when they did their test run of the movie, uh, apparently audiences didn't feel any connection to Morgan's character or to the older Morgan, excuse me. Uh, they didn't feel any connection to her character, so they, they didn't react or feel any kind of way about that scene at all mm. one of the things that's come out recently and it's actually it's been really funny and, and mc i sent you one um earlier today or, or yesterday um the steve and peggy oh yeah the memes, memes that they've come out with steve steve have you seen any of these no. yet? So basically what they do is is like because Steve Rogers has been to the future and knows what's going to happen it, it's like Peggy saying something and like either Steve is happy or sad like depending on what they're talking about so like the one that I sent I'm trying to pull up the one that I sent to MC earlier that was like that had me dying oh yeah they're watching Bill Cosby and, and Peggy's laughing and she's like Steve why aren't you laughing he's got like a sad face oh my god <laughs> 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 oh my god and there's like there's there's one where it's like him with a sad face and it's like 
Peggy, it, it says it says you know September uh, September eleventh two thousand one eight forty five a.m. Peggy's like I'm gonna turn on the news and Steve yeah like yeah yeah and stuff like that. <laughs> or like the the other one was um <laughs> oh no Howard Stark's kid has been kidnapped by terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of like some of the points that people were making. It's like, well, if you're Cap and you yeah. go back in time, like, wouldn't he free Bucky and stop all the bad things that happen? It's like, yeah, but then you're talking about a whole ripple effect that could change all kinds of stuff. Like, like I said, there's no Iron Man, so yep. uh, like, what, what's going to happen? You know, he, is he going to fight all the bad guys? Because that, that's going to be a problem. Like, I love Cap, and if he kept Mjolnir, maybe he could handle, like, the Destroyer armor and, like, who knows what would happen. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's funny you mentioned Mjolnir too, because that was actually that's another scene from Endgame that ended up uh, they ended up not using. So you remember the uh, when Cap, you know, Cap fights himself in 2012. Uh, apparently, they had they did the exact same thing with Thor when he calls on Mjolnir in Endgame. They they shot a scene where Thor fights his uh, 2013, yeah, 2013 self, and they do they they have a kind of epic back and forth but you know they ended up cutting it because they were like you know it was it was already sentimental with him going to be back with his mom they didn't you know they didn't they didn't feel a need to do the same thing they did with cap well it makes sense too i mean the cap one was i mean there's it was gonna be better no matter what like i did see something online that kind of like that felt like a missed opportunity um it was too long didn't read it was cap wearing the nanotech armor holding the shield and mjolnir and i was like oh tony did give him that chest piece at the very beginning of the movie it would have been pretty sick if cap had like the big three and he was like all of them because the other two were incapacitated Mm -hmm. because i was thinking like he's also the only one who's fought all three of them he's fought iron man he's fought thor and he's fought himself so i was like he would be the guy that would be worthy of handling that it's true. This is very true. Um, th- has anybody seen like what their last, what their, um, what uh, Endgame is actually made worldwide? Because I know we were watching to see if it was going to crack three hundred million. No, one hundred sixty three million or three billion. It's or 3 it's billion. at uh, what the record is. What's what's the record? It's Avatar at two billion seven hundred eighty eight million. It needs one hundred sixty three yeah, million. Yeah, Endgame is at like two is. They're like two hundred two million. Yeah, they're like two hundred and forty million yeah. away from from getting it. Yeah, and and they're right now they're at two billion six hundred and twenty six thousand eight hundred fourteen um, thousand three hundred forty eight. So jeez, yeah, they they did pass them from for the domestic. Yeah, they're still way behind. No, they're no no one's catching Force Awakens. Force Awakens made almost a bill just domestically, so no one's catching that one in the states. But we're talking worldwide. Yeah, and they they don't think that it's gonna catch it's gonna catch Avatar uh, internationally either, just because they're like they've they've experienced kind of more massive drops than they anticipated uh, after the first two weeks, and they think you know may, may, you know there's it's possible they could have a a, a resurgence with you know with this being a holiday weekend, and and perhaps uh, maybe towards the end uh, when they, when we get closer to Spider Man. Kind of like Captain Marvel had a brief uh, resurgence when Endgame came out, um, but right now, uh, just based on its projections, it's not going to catch Avatar. Yeah, they'll like pair them up in like drive-throughs and get some extra like 
last legs box office, but 163s, that's tough to make in there. What it's fifth week now. Is that right? Yeah. And it's already not, it's not number one anymore at the box office. I can't remember uh, what movie is now number one, but I know something John Wick recently. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, I think that that's the other thing too, is like, it's, I mean, it's, it, it doesn't it doesn't take anything away from it. It doesn't have to be number one. I mean, like, it still blows me away to think that Avatar was number one because, like, that movie wasn't that good. Like, it, it was okay. But I just, I, I'm still baffled to think that, like, that was the one. That was the big one, you know? I, I think what it is, too, and, and, and they said Endgame could end up doing this, too. Avatar ended up having, like, a, like a re-release at one point that also kind of helped push it. Like towards the end. Additionally, the spectacle of Avatar required, and it hit in that era where everyone was seeing 3D movies. And when you're talking about box office total, they talk about the total amount of dollars taken. They don't give any sort of weighting to like matinees or $5 days versus the really expensive ones with the 3D uh, IMAX. Like, so that one I think got a huge boost by what theaters it was in. And the longevity of it and the lack of competition. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and that makes sense, too. I mean, because things have gotten way bigger. Because as Stephen mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, um, the mouse overlord now owns all and sees all. So (laughs) with having more releases with more of their own movies, I mean, they're essentially cannibalizing their own results to a certain degree. I mean, it's it's not a bad thing. It's... They're st- they still made a billion dollars off this movie. I mean, two billion dollars, almost three, and that's and that's just movie sales alone. That doesn't have anything to do with uh, t-shirts sold and and action figures and and all the other crap that comes with that too. So I mean, like this movie made a ton of money, and even if it's not number one, I, I think they'll be all right. Because here's the other little secret too that you don't know about this uh, Avatar. Um, there is an Avatar Land in Disney's Animal Kingdom, and all of these other Avatar movies that are going to be coming out, those are all Disney. Yeah, I was going to say that Disney Disney yeah. is essentially fighting with themselves. I mean, they own both yeah, properties. La- they own both properties. Exactly. And and that's the other thing, too, is like, as I mentioned before, Avatar was meh as far as I was concerned as a movie. But let me tell you about that Avatar land, man. That place is dope. Like, that is, that is such a cool place to be. Like, even my wife, who could give a fuck about that movie, was like, I love going to Avatar Land because there's a ride where you, like, travel down the Navi River and, like, everything's bioluminescent and there's all sorts of little critters jumping around and shit. And it's just, it's really, really cool. And then you get to go on this thing where you ride one of those Ekron things. The, uh, the like, it's essentially a dragon. But, like, you sit on, like, this motorcycle seat thing and, like, the harness, like, kind of, like, straps you in. And you can feel the Ekron breathing on your legs because you're you're like straddling the thing and you can feel its lungs moving back and forth. And the way they have the screen set up, you're flying this thing across uh, Pandora and it's like the most realistic ride I've ever been on in my life. It's incredible. Like you feel like you're actually flying. Like as you're like diving over top of the ocean, you're feeling ocean spray hit your face. You're smelling the ocean. Like you fly through like the forest and you smell like the trees. And st- it, it's just, it's an incredible experience. And it, it honestly made me appreciate that movie more. Cause I was like, well, okay, this, now that I've actually got to be part of it, I kind of, kind of like this movie a little bit more than I did before. Yeah, I just I just yeah. had a hard time with that movie to be honest with you. 
Oh yeah, no, I, I liked it the first time I saw it when it was called Fern Gully, but like, <laughs> it's it, it it's not a great movie by any stretch. But like, it's when you look at it from the standpoint of like, hey, because of this movie, they have this dope thing that you can do. I'm okay with that. What? <laughs> we all just kind of had our moment, and we were like, okay, yeah, well, that's, yeah, it. that's it. Um, we suck. Yeah. All right, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck off, Avatar. Night, they're making like six. Yeah, they're making like six more of those movies too, dude. Like, I don't even know why. And it's been so long since the first one came out. Like, yeah. and it just seemed it just seemed like inevitably they were all going to get canceled because it took so long to um, produce a sequel, and now still nothing. You know what? I bet you they have the same producers who also produced Kingdom Hearts three. That's why. Just keep, that's the just keep that's it. the hold up. Same. Well, just like, I mean, look at all of those games that are like that too. Any of the Square Enix stuff. I mean, how many times have we been told that Final Fantasy VII was going to come out? And like, there we're we're remaking it. We swear, we promise we're re- remaking it. And like, it's just now got a trailer. Yep. I think. But even that, like, they still haven't told us when it's coming out, have they? Nope. I mean, it, uh, no, no. There's some rumored dates. Uh, but no, like my, my theory is, is they're going to, it's going to be one of those exclusives for the PS five, um, which is apparently, I think supposed to be out in the next year or two. That's going to be, How the hell? that's going to be my guess. What the hell? They're already putting out another system. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the PS four just came out. Well, the thing with the PS five is unlike the PS four or PS three, you can actually play previous games on it. So the PS5 will be. So it is going to be. Yeah, it will be backwards. backwards it will compatible. be backwards compatible. Wow. Okay. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah, and and uh, I mean, I, I really do feel like with the Final Fantasy VII game, um, that was the same year that, if I remember correctly, that that was the year that they were doing their reveals for the Xbox One and PS4, and I really think, uh, I really think Sony. Like gave Square Enix the okay to do it because they wanted to have that gotcha moment at E3. Because if you remember, Microsoft had gotten a whole bunch of backlash because um, they said the Xbox One not, um, would have like an encryption device on your games. So when you buy a game, it's going to be yours. Like you couldn't buy it and let your friend borrow it. Your friend wouldn't be able. That's right. Your yeah. friend wouldn't be able to do it. You wouldn't be able to resell a game if you didn't like it. You know, would be would be none of that. They got a ton of backlash. The funny thing is, Sony, t- they had the same thing until they saw the backlash Microsoft got, and were like, "Yeah, scrap, scrap, scrap that." <laughs> but then, but then that that year at E3, it just seemed like they wanted to go for the knockout punch because the Xbox One, X- Microsoft's presentation was pretty trash, and so Sony was like, "Well, we're gonna bring out the big guns." Oh, hey. Remember how we told you for 20 years we're not remaking Final Fantasy VII? Ha ha, we're doing it finally. Hey, remember that? Just... Remember that game with the with the with you know the mouse and all the Disney franchises you love and Keyblades? Hey, guess what? We're finally putting the third one out. Like they they I really just felt like they just brought everything out just to have overkill, and that's the reason we got <laughs> we got no the, the information. You, the way you described that when you were talking about like. At, you know, Microsoft kind of shitting the bed. 
And I just pictured like some Sony guy wheeling out a cart and they're like, get back, get, get, get out of here. Don't tell them about this right now. And then they've kind of waited and they've just been sitting on all this stuff. And they're like, all right, no one's mad anymore. Wheel the cart back out. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I can just picture the guy up there being like, "Oh, and Mike and Sony is also going to have an encryption device." And there's like somebody behind him going, like, like doing that thing with his, like, like the hand to your neck thing. Like, no, stop, 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 cut it, cut it, cut it, cut it. Oh no, 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 we're not doing that. So we're better. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. We're not doing that. Yeah. Wouldn't that be funny? How fucked up would that be if we put encryption stuff? <laughs> oh man. Yeah, like so- Sony like rescinded all their articles like the next day after they after they. After it came out that they were also going to do it, like all of those articles changed with the quickness. Yeah. Uh, they have announced while we're in the video game realm and also speaking of uh, the the mouse empire, uh, they have actually finally announced what is going to be happening uh, with the Star Wars movie that was planned uh, around Knights of the Old Republic. And I, I as a huge fan of that series... What was I'm I'm so excited about this. So it's I mean, did any of you guys see this story yet? No. Yeah, I they, yeah. They're turning well. Yeah, they're turning the game into a, a movie. Yeah, I mean that, that's literally that. That was that was it. They're they're gonna base it on that. And um, reading over it, I mean, the people that they've chosen for it, like the writer. I'm trying to find or the director who they chose. Um, give me one second. Because, I mean, it's it sounds like it's going to be pretty dope. Um, I could have sworn that I saw that they had announced somebody that was going to be the director, but I suppose that it's not official I mean, yet. This, this isn't the same as, like, the, the two guys from Game of Thrones trilogy, then. It's its own thing? No. No, this is a different thing. Well, I gotta say, I don't hate that. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, I gotta say, man, you want to talk about... Uh, a franchise that had the world in its palm and then really kind of fucked that up, dude. I feel like at one point, like when they announced that the guys who did Game of Thrones were going to be the ones that were doing Star Wars, when they announced that last year, that was probably a big fucking deal. But like now after season eight came out and it caught so much flack from uh, from fans, I don't know if people are as excited as they were now. Nope. Like a lot of people were pissed about season eight's ending. And, and, and for me, I really think that, you know, you... Pissing off Game of Thrones fans, all right, fine. I, I really feel like Star Wars fans are, are like one of the one of the franchises whose fans you really don't want to piss off, and I think <laughs> that's that's partially why people have such an aversion to the the writers now. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Like, you 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 have them screw up Star Wars because like Last Jedi, even though controversial, made an ass load of money. So the guys who wrote that are, are, are pretty well thought of in uh, Hollywood right now because the movie made an ass load of money. But, like, if you have kind of like a... <laughs> if you have all Star Wars fans pretty much say this movie sucked and these Game of Thrones guys are assholes, that, yeah, that might really mess mess everything up. <laughs> like, I... That, that's kind of scary, like, especially, like, if, hey, we're announcing this big thing, and then they kind of limp into the end of that. Is that is that really the way that you want this to end? Right. Is that really the way you want to go into directing a new Star Wars trilogy that you're going to be doing? 
so I wasn't able to find anything about a director, but I, I did see that this uh, this trilogy based on Knights of the Old Republic does have the first uh, first woman uh, screenwriter. Uh, That's what it is. Thank you. I, I I couldn't remember exactly what it was. Yeah, she's got a she's got a, a couple of dope movies under under her. Uh, oh, speaking of list. Avatar, yeah, Avatar. <laughs> Oh, really? uh, Jesus. Alita Battle Angel, the movie that came out, uh, I think earlier this year. Uh, the Netflix, yeah, the, the, the Netflix series Altered Carbon is on there. Yeah, she worked on Shutter, Shutter Island. Island. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm down. Like it's, and that's the thing is, like, I really don't think that some people were really worried that you were going to oversaturate Star Wars. Uh, I'm of the exact opposite. Um, I think that it's okay. Like, give us as much as you possibly can. And the more the merrier. And if you're going to go Old Republic, that's going to be even more fun because you're not going to be fucking with, can- like, characters that, like, everybody knows and loves. You're going to be using characters that only video game nerds really love. <laughs> and, like, you can screw with those, as you've seen. You can mess with Sonic the Hedgehog and nobody gets pissed off, right? That is getting delayed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. That was the best news I heard today. <laughs> Oh man, that was and well, so um, much joy. And, and, and <laughs> MC put it best when when he posted on social media and he said, "Internet bullying works." Sure does. Because <laughs> <laughs> it worked for RG three and it worked for this Sonic movie. Oh my god, what the hell? What the actual hell, guys? I think that um, MC, were you going to say something? Uh, no. I really think that like this, I know there are people out there that don't like Disney. I know there are people out there who are just like, oh, they're bad and they're evil and they're wrong. And, you know, their mom dresses them funny. But I I don't think that them owning all of these properties, I have yet to see a bad reason for this because I feel like in their hands, things do better. Like Iron Man was great. It was before Disney bought Marvel. But I think that they wouldn't have been able to pull off what they did with the MCU as well. They may have done a a pretty decent job, but I don't think it would have been as good had it not been in Disney's hands. And like because of the money they have, because of the experience they have with like having so many different outlets for all of the different marketing and things like that. I feel like that that's why a lot of these do as well as they do. And like not saying again, not saying that it wouldn't have done well. I just feel like Disney's giving it that extra push and you're getting the right kind of writers there because it's never going to be a matter of, Oh, well we can't pay this guy enough to do this project. Disney's like, no, 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 We, we, we got this. Don't worry about it. We got enough money for this. So it's, it's, it's going to be cool. And like, yeah, they're not going down the tip like the typical Hollywood route of, hey, let's just throw this thing that people like on screen and rake in the millions from the people who will go see it, even if it's not good. Like they're actually, you know, putting care into the detail to make sure, hey, people are going to go see this and it's also going to be really good so that we can make more money from sequels and other products and making a land at one of our theme parks out of it. Yeah, I think that this was. It 
it, it was it was the best thing that could have happened to some of these franchises. I think that Marvel, because like I don't know how much you guys know about the history of Marvel, but like Marvel had been mismanaged for decades, and it's part of the reason why you don't see Marvel characters really at uh, any of the Disney parks is because Marvel sold off the rights to those characters to Universal Studios just to make a buck because they were bankrupt, and like because of that mismanagement, like it was, they were falling apart. And when Disney bought them, it's probably the best thing that ever happened to them. I know some people are like, Oh, well now we feel like we're censored. We feel like we're this, we feel like we're that. Yeah. That's all well and good, dude. But now it's making money again. So it's, this is ultimately a business and you can't make more comic books if you don't have any money. And I, I'm, I'm all for free freedom of expression, but at the same time too, like the guy who slipped in some, pretty nasty um, social commentary about uh, Islam into uh, was it I can't remember if it was Iron Man I can't remember what comic book it was but like put some pretty nasty stuff in there and got fired and was like I can't believe they're censoring me like dude you knew what you were doing and you knew that you were going to get found out and then when you got found out now you're crying that people are censoring you like it just seems ridiculous I mean does, does this story ring a bell to anybody or are you guys like what the fuck is Mike talking yeah, about yeah I don't think I, I don't think yeah, I've that one this. missed me Hang on a second. Let me see. Comic, book, artist. I mean, I, I, from the Star Wars aspect, I think um, uh, was it Chuck Wendig who was um, was that who it was who was just like firing like some pretty aggressive like political oh, yeah. like tweets and stuff, and he was supposed to write like a, the next arc in a Star Wars comic. And he was let go because some people were having some pretty visceral reactions to the things he was saying on, on Twitter. And yeah. it was kind of like around the same time as the James Gunn thing. And, and they were like, if these dudes that we hire to be creative would just please stay off of Twitter, <laughs> we would we would not have to continue firing you. I found the story. Here it is. A comic artist has been fired from Marvel for including apparent anti-Christian and anti-Semitic references in a new spinoff of the popular X-Men comic strip. Indonesian man Adrian Sayaf made explicit, explicit references to religious and political divisions in his country on issue one of X-Men Gold, citing a verse of the Quran that urges Muslims not to trust Jews and Christians. So, yeah, that's why he got fired. Wow. Yeah. Exactly. I'm, I'm surprised that more people didn't... I'm not, like, saying to you guys, how dare you not keep up with comic book ner uh, nerd news? No, it was just, like, I thought that was a big deal when I read that. I was like, damn, this dude thought he was going to get away with this? Like, I mean, because it's blatantly obvious. Like, he put he put the the reference to the, um, the text of the Quran, like, on a guy playing cricket's shirt. So it says the verse right there. It doesn't say like all the words, but it says, hey, here's the verse. So if you're like, huh, I wonder what that is. And you look it up, it's going to see that, you know, hey, don't trust Jews and Christians. Yeah, it'd be the same as putting like John 316 on something. It's it's not the verse, but it's like I'm pointing you in a direction to go read a thing. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's um, but yeah, I mean, like, it, I don't think it's it's done anything poor. I don't I don't think that there's been any downside to this at all for for Disney. Uh, or for any of the companies that they're they're picking up here too, uh, they're picking up a lot of the Fox companies too. Now that the merger's in, uh, MCU, you'd mentioned that they're they're basically had they have a controlling stake in Hulu now. Yep, that, as a part of the Fox deal. Yep. Yeah, they're just like they're 
they're on a they're on a rampage, you know, and don't piss them off. Apparently, like, but I'm just I'm surprised that like all of these. I'm surprised, like you know, you know, there's supposed to be these like anti-monopoly laws in place. Like, why why doesn't that apply to any of this though? Well, I mean, because you have to be extremely detailed in what a monopoly is, and like. There's lots of other movie production companies. There's other companies that make theme parks. There's other companies that own streaming services. Like, they they aren't controlling the means of production of these things either. So, like, if it was one company that owned all the oil derricks in all the world, and there's only one place to get that thing, that is a monopoly. It is not Disney's fault if they happen to have all the best content because that's subjective and that could change tomorrow. Uh, they don't control the means of producing the con. Like, you could go to YouTube, find nothing that has anything to do with Disney, and you personally think that's better. Therefore, they don't have a monopoly. Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. So I think that what we did this this really this episode. First off, this is like the first episode we've done in like two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, secondly. <laughs> This was really, like, not even a, a real, like, hey, what's the topic of conversation tonight? It was, like, kind of a, a buffet style of, hey, get a little bit of all the things that have been going on with our GGR guys and, and kind of hear what, what's what's up with them. Um, so just kind of like a tasting sampler, if you will, of things to come. Because we're going to have a Geek Sheets coming up next week that Mr. Steve Monica is going to be kind enough to write for us, uh, which we'll also podcast about. Um, I wanted to give a shout out and, and Steve, we talked about it. You actually, you might actually know this person. You don't have to say their name like, you know, out loud, like right now on the podcast, but I wanted to give them a shout out if they're listening, um, right now because, and I made a post about this on social media and I wanted to talk about this before we go ahead and wrap everything up, but it's incredibly humbling to expect the worst and then not have it happen. So every, anytime I leave for an extended period of time or we are not able to podcast or whatever, you know, whatever the reason is, I always expect to come back to our website and like, see that like, there's just nothing, you know, like people have stopped listening. People have stopped reading. Like it's, that's just what I expect because that's what happens. A lot of times when it comes to the internet, if you're not staying on top of things, people forget about you. I came back and we were we're on like a a 300% increase as far as listeners and readers go from last year. Like that's incredible. Like and I thought that our our growth just last month was was good. But no, we keep going up. People keep listening to us. And like and we're we talk about dumb shit. Like it's <laughs> we're not blowing people's minds here. We're not like we're not like, hey, here's the solution to life, or hey, you know, here's how you make your pancakes extra tasty. No, we're like, <laughs> hey, why don't you hear us talk about Star Wars and Spider-Man and dumb stuff like that? Dirt, dirt, dirt. But people keep tuning in. And it just, it, it's it's awesome. It's awesome that this is working. But, like, more importantly, whether it's five people or 500 million people, the fact that we're reaching anybody is incredible when you think about it. Cause think about it. This is not, this has gotten to a point. Like I know that between the three of us, we don't know 5,000 people like actually know them, but think about that. There are 5,000 people that every single month listen to this podcast. Probably even more than that because I haven't checked the numbers in like a couple of days. So it's probably even more than that now, but like 
it's grown beyond just us and friends. It's now into an era where we're, we're meeting people through our, our stuff that don't even know us, like face to face. And the person's name, their internet nom de plume is Alec uh, ATQ. And this is what uh, Alec had to say. Uh, started with the Geek Sheets, the companion podcast, and now I'm also enjoying the longer GGR podcast. Timely discussions that are relevant to a millennial geek nostalgia needs as well as new geeky subjects. Enjoy that many of the regulars are also parents, too. Like, five-star review. Like, what the hell did we do to deserve a five-star review? Like, it, it's it's just awesome. I think, I think and, we have GGR's first official superfan. Yeah. So, I'm not sure who Alec ATQ actually is, but thank you. Um, you should reach out to one of us, whether it's Steve or myself or MC, because um, for this awesome five-star review, I got some cool swag for you. Uh, we got some cool GGR stickers. We got some all, just all sorts of cool stuff that we can send your way, because we appreciate that you took your time. Because that's the other thing, too, man, is working in the industries that all of us work in. We're so used to the only things that we see as far as reviews about the stuff that we do, whether it's us or whether it's the work that we do. You only see the bad stuff, you know? It's the pissed off, angry people that are ones that go online and they're like, this guy's a jerk and I don't like the way his face looks. The fact that somebody took time to actually say something nice, in my opinion, is something that should be rewarded because most people won't do that. Agreed. I mean, how many times you have a bad experience and you leave a one star review? How many people who have a good experience actually take the time to say, yeah, that was good, other than just sitting there and enjoying what, what they enjoyed? So, yeah, taking some of your time and giving that back is, like, you know, absolute applause. Applause is necessary. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it's just, it's awesome. It's awesome. And it, it's 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 invigorating, too, because it's, like, it, it just, it, it, it kind of puts a spring in your step. You're like, man, people actually care what we say. And... It's it's awesome. And like there's so many good things going on behind the scenes guys that you just don't know about yet. Like this event that we're going to um tomorrow uh, MC and myself are going to be at Escape Velocity. Uh, but not only that, we're also going to be on the uh, Fantastic Forum podcast with Ulysses E Campbell. So tune into that at 4 p.m. on WERA.FM. You can listen to both myself, uh, MC, and uh, we'll have Ulysses E Campbell as well, a uh, friend of the show. But we'll be on his show. We'll be out and about doing interviews and probably getting a million nerdy pictures, uh, like sitting in the Millennium Falcon cockpit and like next to the snowspeeder from uh, from Empire Strikes Back. And me personally, like I'm gonna see if it if I'm allowed to physically hug the Enterprise because that's gonna be there. Um, I don't think they'll let me. Um, so if I get kicked out, Steve, I might need you to come down and bail me out. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Okay. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like there's that, there's just, there's so many cool things going on. Like blurred con hasn't even happened this year yet. Has it? Nope. That's in July. Yeah. And like, you've been talking to the guys from them and they're super stoked about like the stuff that you've been doing, uh, and, and covering what they have, what they do. And like, I just I think it's gonna be awesome. Uh, I thank you guys too because there would be nothing more embarrassing than just me talking to myself on a podcast uh, if you weren't here. So without you, there is no GGR. It would be Mike on the mic or some other lame incarnation of this thing that I, that I could come up with. So I appreciate you guys doing this thing with me. Yeah, glad to be here. Amen. So 
Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go ahead and leave for the evening because not only are, uh, do we have a big day tomorrow, as we're going to be at uh, Escape Velocity all day tomorrow, uh, for all of us. Uh, oh, hey, James Rambo is at the beach right now, so everybody uh, wish James Rambo a, a lovely, wonderful time as he's enjoying his Memorial Day weekend uh, with the sun and the surf and the sand and uh, all the delicious things that come with the beach. But for all of us here at GGR, uh, my name is Mike Lunsford. Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for more podcasts and our awesome articles. This has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy! <laughs>